I don't, um, I know that I'm not my thoughts. I'm just the arsehole that believes them. <laughs> well, you're not that either. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was funny. That's the case. Yeah. T-shirt material. Yeah. I'm going to put mute on here. Okay. Right. So, hi, Helen. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Stacy. Hello, everybody. So these are all... We uh, Do you recognize all these names, guys, or I do? So everyone here is pretty regular. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll learn the rest of you guys. Hi. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Okay. So you, um, I'll let you do the waiting room, all right? Okay. Cool. So I don't recognize Trevor. Trevor, could you uh, uh, start your video, please? That's it. Good. And you, I, he probably won't hear you till he's connected to his audio. But you've got three in the. I recognize. I think I recognize those three in the waiting room. So yeah, Brian T, all good. Sorry, Kaiser. You got that? Yeah. Good. Hey, SM, hey, Virginia, hey, Tofa. Hey, Maria. Good to see you. Leah, Brian's in. 944272. I'll just get your name. So you're going to rename him then? Hey, Matt. Yeah, hey, I would like to put my name. Huh? What is it? David, can you put my name? All yeah, right, sure. Walter. 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 Yeah, right. He's in Walter White. Yes. Yeah, but it's W A L T A R. T A R. Yeah, okay. Thanks, mate. No worries, mate. Good. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> no worries. All right. Okay. Where's Paul? He's going off. There he is. Okay, Paul. I'm okay, Paul. I'm you ready to rock? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, good morning. Good afternoon. You renamed me Walter. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll change you. <laughs> What's in a name? There are no my names. Name, my name is Mickey. <laughs> I know. That... <laughs> I'll find you, Mickey. I'll find you. Okay, there you are. Sorry. 
quality. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Sorry, as I was saying, uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to Paul H's Reflections on the 12 Steps. Um, just to say a couple of things, as we, if you've been here before, you'll know that this is not an AA meeting. Um, we are recording this meeting. It will be appearing on uh, zenbitchslap.com and on YouTube. Uh, and zenbitchslap.com is where you can find all your, your Paul H's stuff. Um, you'll find all his, uh, like his books, which are highly recommended. He'll look, all the videos, lots of documents and all sorts of exciting stuff on um, recovery, 12 steps and uh, non-duality. Um, yeah, so, so this is um, not an AA meeting, so just so you remember that. Um, but with that, I'll hand you over to Paul. Over to you, mate. Good morning, everyone. Paul Alcoholic. Um, happy to be here today. Someone sent me an email about thoughts, and are all thoughts selfing? Uh, so I wanted to speak again. This is looking at the program and then we've gone sort of above and beyond but looking at the program from a certain point of view which is uh presented in page 64 of the big book right before the inventory process is talked about which is a statement of basically a way of seeing the whole exact nature of the wrong and then the inventory on that exact nature of the wrong through looking at its manifestations. So I just want to keep repeating this because it's the whole premise and if uh, you can listen from the premise then things may uh, jive better than, uh, than not. So the premise is being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So that's the, that's the statement that there needs, that's qualified by your own being, being convinced. So stop Interpretations. Okay, so I'm going to turn your video off there, Paul. Okay, a bit of a technical hitch, you might say. Um, so he might be uh, on his way in or on his way out, Mike, yeah. would assume. So He's might lost. I'm just trying to start. So I think he's gone out now. So we'll wait for him to go back. So cue the elevator music. There you go. So um, I was going to say to uh, Michael, hey Mike, have you have you seen the new website, Michael Stacy? Yes, I have. And what's your opinion of the new website? Uh, it's interesting. I like it. It's good, isn't it? Well done. Yes. Yeah. You have well, to tap on the Buddha to get in. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's good. Yeah. Give it a yes. little, give it a little slap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was actually, yes. um, that was actually built by, uh, Dimitri, I think, and Mike together, I think. 
So Dimitri, who's in the room here somewhere, so yeah. Um, very talented. He's very talented. He's very talented. Oh, there's, there is Paul. Paul's back. There you go. I think it's because the phone rang. Whatever. Dave, are you there? I'm here, mate. Go for it. You're on. All right. So as uh, we were interrupted, um, the whole premise is rooted in the, this statement, uh, being convinced that self and what self is and isn't, yeah, uh, manifests in various ways is what has defeated us. And if we're convinced of that, we are now going to look at its common manifestations. So this is one way of looking at the inventory process. Uh, it's not the only way, it's one way. But I, we emphasize this one way because this has been my experience through recovery from being relieved of the problem I saw it from the solution and the idea that self is what has defeated me was quite clear. Yeah. And self is a foreign installment, a mental pathogen, whatever you want to call it, but it's very helpful if you can see it as other than you. Yeah. Because it's real rooting uh, and giving it the power to defeat us is the identification as it. Yeah, so we're identified basically with an image that's constantly being reinforced by thought, by memory, by perceptions. So something is constantly being reinforced, an assumption that we're something that we're not really. And to me, alcoholism is an amplification of that self-centeredness to an extreme level, which makes it more obvious, not to the person who's suffering, but to others like the police and family members. So uh, a lot of attention has been called upon it. And then recovery, the AA program, was basically the first formatted solution to this takeover. So the idea of self manifesting in various ways is what has defeated us. And the self is reinforced. It's an image. It's a mental image cast in history by memory, uh, supported, reinforced by constant concern with that image in the future, what's going to happen to it and what has happened to it, and then being that image now. And really we're misplaced to the point that we're looking to try to maintain a spiritual condition when we are a spiritual condition. So it's gone to an extreme. So this is the point uh, of all the shares here is rooted in this the recognition of the exact nature. I don't care about the exact nature of the wrongs. I care about the exact nature of the wrong. And the wrong is an act of being identified with a mental image, really, all day, and living an interpretation uh, over, the, over the real living of life, yeah? And for some of us, the interpretation hasn't been enough. We, even after recovery, there's an emptiness that sort of demands a filling. And of course, we look for other ways. And then the, the addiction, sort of like water, finds other ways to go. So you now, some people get addicted to porn or other things or whatever, or doing, or they become, you know, workaholics, whatever. There's, it takes on myriad forms, but it's all rooted in the Petri dish of identification as self. So someone called, uh, texted me or emailed me, Mike O, and he asked me about, are all thoughts selfing? Well, they're not. 
the thoughts are just thoughts. In a weird way, have you noticed like, uh, you know, once I had, a, I had a hernia and so I was looking for hernia belts and then suddenly the algorithms of this network of information picked that up and they started to send me advertisements for her hernia belts with advertisements for shoes and other shit. And so this is sort of like the thought system. The thought system rolls on algorithms. The algorithms uh, cause the streams of thoughts to get excited, basically. And the algorithms are the I, me, my of the, uh, of the selfing, so to speak, of the disease. <laughs> so the thoughts are just thoughts. It's the ownership of the thoughts that really give them meaning. And that's what we're really targeting. I'm not targeting trying to only have good thoughts. That would assume you have power over the thoughts, which are obviously not true because uh, you wake up at two in the morning and shit like that thinking about stuff. So the idea of being the thinker of the thoughts is, is what weakens the effects of thoughts because I really feel the power of my is a huge uh, influence and a bringing of heaviness to things. I feel that there's a huge drift difference traveling through a day of thoughts than traveling through a day of my thoughts. And uh, I hope you can recognize that in your own reflections. You know, you can, it's obviously, these aren't things I'm saying to be believed or not, but to be like a suggestion to see if, if it feels different when, let's say money is, is, is preceded by my money. I think it's usually different. And I don't think that's an unusual example. I think the my adds to what comes after it. And the sense of ownership, especially about a lot of shit we have nothing to do with, is just the furthering of a slavery uh, we call the bondage of self. So we're enslaved with this image and we end up sort of living for it. And uh, <laughs> it's sort of like being Paul living for Stanley. And Stanley really doesn't give a shit. Just Stanley wants to live through Paul, but it doesn't really have much of a, of a caring, uh, furthering outlook for Paul, basically. I noticed that when I was young. I remember one time I was sitting in, a, in my little opium den when I was 18 or 19. We were going to go to a Rod Stewart concert, concert in Manhattan, in New York, and uh, we had dropped acid. And then uh, my head showed up while I was after I dropped acid and told me it was probably a good idea to take seven downs, like seven second alls. And I could see I had a very rare glimpse into it. And I realized this shit that's talking to me has nothing to do with me. Because you would think your main instinct is self-preservation, and it seems like it would—it doesn't really give a shit if I die or not. It's sort of like, why would I want to take seven downs while while on acid? So I got these glimpses of the of the self, the selfing, and uh, it was only through recovery and hearing about other ideas while in recovery. I don't think I would have had the ears to hear the other ideas, unless I was sober, led me to see that 
the mental condition, the mental state, the narration playing in my head all day really isn't founded in me. It's, repre it's implying that it's me, but it isn't, yeah? And I found a real freedom from the bondage of self, recognizing, first I recognized that a lot of thoughts that I thought were mine were alcoholic thoughts that a lot of people are having by going to meetings and listen, listening to people share. And then that went further and I realized the real key is not taking yourself to be the thinker of the thoughts, yeah? Because that's a thought in itself hiding in ownership. It's another thought that I'm the thinker. So I got great relief in uh, daily living by seeing that the thoughts that are happening in my head aren't necessarily mine and I'm definitely not the cause of it. And the same thing, this is where I find a little dispute in the big book. I don't believe that we manufacture our own misery. I believe our facilities are used to manufacture misery. And if that facility is surrendered to a higher power, that higher power will use this facility called Paul to manufacture a lot of other stuff that isn't misery. Maybe happy, joyousness, freedom, maybe empathy, maybe a service spirit, a compassion, a gratitude, and honoring. That's what I've seen manufactured in my sobriety. So the facility can manufacture. We can make shit up. We can. Now, it matters who's running the facility. And I know the past bogus owner who said it was the owner and it wasn't. It was using my facility under false pretenses. And that ownership has been thrown out and a higher power now does the manufacturing. And my life and the products of my life look totally different than when I was under the influence of alcoholism. So the idea of thoughts, uh, I don't think you can train them or make them do tricks. I basically feel uh, you're going to hear them, but maybe you don't have to listen to them so strongly. And I think the, the habit of listening to them is we believe they're ours and they're about me and my life. And uh, they're basically like a basic radio station that hides under the banner of K-Paul. But it's basically the same station playing in your head. But it creates a sense of very, a, a sense of terminal uniqueness and personalness by the sense of ownership, yeah? And uh, the great news is it isn't true. You know, it isn't true. You're not under contract to that ownership. As soon as you recognize it's a bogus regime and a higher power than it is introduced, you're in the perhaps there's the better way. And now you're in the progressive recovery from that failed ownership, yeah? so. I hope that covered the question from Mike. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I want to say today. Okay. Thank you very much, Paul. Um, so now's the time to raise your hands and ask a question. Um, today, Kaiser's uh, my co-host. I'm not sure whether he has a, cat a question. He usually does. Um, but if you haven't, <laughs> he doesn't have a question. Okay, brilliant. Okay. So, um, anyone at all? Mickey, do you want to ask a question today? You haven't asked one in a while. 
She looks starstruck. I'm going to unmute you. Is there anything you'd like to say? Oh, hold on. No. Whoa, hold on. Is there anything you want to say, Mickey? No, I'm good. Thank you. Okay, no worries. Well, we've got a few up now. That's awesome. So, Jack G. Jack, how are you, mate? Good to see you. I'm great, Dave. Good to see you. Yeah, man. Good to see you, Paul. Hey, Jack. Hey, hey Jack. Um, <clears throat> so, I... I uh, I had a couple questions. I think you kind of covered one already, which was the, um, you know, the asking of the me that's uh, angry, lonely, tired, you know? And um, the other one was that I was thinking about was the, uh, in the doctor's opinion, uh, they have the theory of the allergy, which to me is very close to the theory of the, uh, the parasite. So I was wondering if you could talk on either two of those or both of them. And thank you, Paul. Uh, you're welcome, bro. I forgot the first part already, but uh, <laughs> uh, can, you, me. can you remind like, me of the first part? I got the Paris, like, the allergy. Like, well, the, that was the second part. The first part was is that people have called in and, and uh, you know, they're going through a, an issue of feelings, like bad feelings or something, and you're like, well, ask who the me is that's having those feelings. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. So those two things. <laughs> because the whole premise is the meaning that the feelings are being given because the respondent of the feeling is giving back meaning to the feeling. You have to realize that, yeah? The feeling is a feeling. The meaning it has is given to it, yeah? from us i mean it's just basic to notice this feelings occur and then there's a meaning given to the feeling yeah the feeling doesn't have that meaning a lot of people are having the exact same feeling during the day but different meanings are being given to the feeling that's our un maybe unnoticed role is that we give meaning to things yes that's what we're doing as this event, as this action figure. So I feel something and I give meaning to it, yeah? Now, sometimes a lot of people in review will realize they gave meaning to a feeling of excitement as being anxious, yeah? Anxiety and fear. And we have, some of us don't even know how to read the meaning that's been given to the feeling. So the feeling is, I'm excited about, I'm going on this trip, but then it's interpreted as fear or anxiety, which it isn't, yeah? So just to know the mechanics of what's happening. So a feeling comes up, and then there's a giving a meaning to it. We don't usually notice it because we think the feeling brought it up. So we want to change our feelings, but we are not we're not open to changing what's giving the meaning to the feelings. This is the freaking dilemma. This is how the bondage of self continue on and on and on and on. Because every one of us here is a master of changing feelings. Yeah. That's what we did when we got high. And a lot of us, the efficiency was how quick, how quick can I change the feeling? So for me, it ended up shooting cocaine because that was a pretty fast way of changing how I was feeling. Yes, unbelievably fast. And another feeling completely different than what I was feeling before I shot the cocaine would come up and it gave me a sense of control. 
yeah? I can make my film, I can make myself feel something by injecting this drug, yeah? Of course, that was a losing way. It didn't work, you know? It worked on that moment, but it didn't work. So the whole idea of uh, what's giving the meaning to feelings is I would rather question that than the feelings, tell you the truth. I think it's much more efficient to see what's giving meaning to all the feelings that happen during the day than each feeling. Yeah. So, and then the second one was, uh, I lost that one now too. It'll it was the, um, the, uh, allergy, the allergy, oh, the theory. allergy. <clears throat> yeah. Well, there's a, a certain reaction that alcoholics have, which seems to be of the body. Yeah. And that, it's an allergy that when we drink, it causes a craving, which will, and so what happens with a lot of people who go back out, they think they're drinking successfully when that craving isn't being caused and there isn't uh, an obsession. But I would tell them, just wait. <laughs> What's probably going to happen is it is going to trigger an obsession which is probably gonna demand an, uh, an answer, which is you may drink, and then suddenly that drink at the dinner that night creates, is, is manufactures a craving. Now you're fucked, basically, yeah? <laughs> so it, to me, I like the idea, because of that, I like the idea of, hey, right now, most of us, the big dog of alcoholism is asleep, don't fucking tease it. Don't play with it. Because right now, you got seemingly free reign in your environment. You're not getting arrested every day and shit. But if you fucking, if that dog wakes up, it may be a different story. So I wouldn't play around with the dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the craving is something that it may not be triggered, but it will be triggered. Yeah. Because that's what a real addict is. A real addict is, it's, it's going to be triggered sooner or later. So you may think like you're drinking, like you're drinking successfully, but I don't think that's going to be a long-term uh, adventure. So the, the allergy to me is sort of like the, an aspect of the parasite that can seem to be dormant, but when it wakes up, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, because some people think they have a mental defense against the first drink. They have it, and they're not experiencing any terrible consequences yet. But usually, it occur it does occur. Yeah. So, yeah, I um, I like this idea of algorithms or stuff that alcoholics have a certain algorithm, uh, and their thought streams sort of reinforce that algorithm we're excessively concerned with ourselves, you know? It's just uh, a lot of normal people don't have it to that extreme. They don't. So they can, uh, they can get over shit and stuff where we're, it's incapable. We tend to have like lifelong vendettas over someone, you know, getting the first, uh, you know, spoon of mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving, you know? We, <laughs> we tend to get... <laughs> We tend to give long life to, to resentments and fucking shit like that. So, uh, yeah. 
awesome. Thanks, Paul. I mean, you have to see, you've got to see your role. Do you really believe feelings have their own meaning? Or do, or do we give the meaning to the feelings? I mean, let's just get this straight today. Yeah. Do feelings, is a feeling like a package deal? A feeling has a certain amount of this, a certain amount of that, a certain amount. Of, when it hits the shore, it disembarks, and then you're stuck with that, the content of the feeling. Or does the feeling create a reaction, let's say from the mental and the physical state, and that reaction gives meaning to the feeling? Which is it? It's kind of like which came first, the chicken or the egg. <laughs> oh, which is it? Which is it? I'm more inclined to think it's the second one that, that we attach yes. to it. <clears throat> yes. So what would happen if it's the second one, yet we believe it's the first one? A whole lot of shit's going to happen without us knowing it because we believe the feeling is giving us a meaning. But it's not true. We're giving the feeling the meaning it has. I mean, this is just basic 101 in a way. If you don't realize what's going on, how are you going to see what's happening? We have awareness. It's the greatest gift of all. We're aware, and the awareness isn't based on us. It's prior to us. That's the beauty of it. See, we could block the awareness if it was us, but it isn't us. All we can do is get completely interested and attentive to the mental minutia that's trying to obscure the clear sky with tons of mental confetti, yes? But the fact is, the sky's the sky. We're awake. Awareness is our basic nature, yeah? And you can become aware of what's happening. You can, yeah? You just have to see it. If you keep looking at everything from a preconceived idea that has a bias not to see the truth, you're going to believe the feelings are driving me crazy. They're not. They're being used to drive you crazy. Oh, that doesn't, that's just a small, no, it isn't a small difference. It's a huge difference. Right. Because if you're thinking people are fucking you, and are the ones who have destroyed your life, you're screwed, yeah? This is the whole point of AA is to see your role in things. Well, let's get into the minutia. What is your role in things when feelings come up? What is it? I'm not calling your conscious role as Paul, yeah, trying to avoid feelings and clamp them down. What, as a mechanical event, is your role? A feeling is noticed, and then the mental state gives it meaning, yeah? That's what it does. And then you respond to that meaning as if it's from the feeling. Right. Yeah? Right. It's sort of like Fight Club. If you ever see the movie Fight Club with Ed Norton oh. and Brad Pitt, Ed Norton <laughs> believes there's a Brad Pitt that's kicking his ass all the time. That's the assumption it lives with. And near the end, it looks at a video and it realizes it's been, it's, he's been punching himself. Yeah? There was no Brad Pitt. It was, it was just him punching himself. We're giving everything all the meaning it has, yeah? And then those meanings are biting us in our ass. Now, I don't, so what are you going to do? Are you going to be, are you going to, like, control 
the meaning giving? No, you gotta change what's giving meaning to things, yeah? And you can't initiate the change. AA does that. AA says perhaps there's a better way. When you're trusting something finite, you're getting its meanings concerning feelings. You're, it's getting its meanings concerning what you're doing today. It's, you're getting its meanings about you as a historical person. That's what's happening. Yeah. Now, the higher power will also give life meaning. And when you respond to the meaning that the higher power gives life, the response will be completely different. Yeah. Something through us is going to give meaning to things. It's either going to be, let's say, the disease or it's going to be fucking the higher power. And you'll know the tree by its fruit. You'll know the tree by its fruit. If you're still having resentments all day for after 25 years of sobriety, something's off. Yeah? Some, because the same old, same old continues to give meaning to things, and you're reacting to it from the same old, same old. You're in the disease of alcoholism. Mm. When, so, when the ownership when what's running the factory changes, the products change. You outgrow resentments. You outgrow fear. That's when you, you know by the fruits, when you're onto something. If you're still having resentments all fucking day, something is the same old, same old is using you to give meaning to things. Yeah, simple diagnosis. Then what did one do? I would go right to the freaking first step and admit your powerlessness and realize that's the cause of the unmanageability. Yeah. Recognize that something can do for you what you can't do for yourself, which is step two. And then step three, make another freaking decision to turn your will and life over to the care of that higher power. Yeah. And while that transfer is occurring, learn how to deal with resentments and fears because you're going to have them because the old system is still running the show. Yeah, it's just that simple. And so hopefully you don't become a master of how to deal with the old system's effects. You become a temporary master and then you outgrow them, hopefully. I don't want to be a master inventory taker. I want the minutiae of an inventory to diminish. Awesome. I don't want to be a circumstantial I don't want to have circumstantial freedom. I want fucking unconditional freedom. That means a new ownership. That's all it means. If you want to keep running the show, you're going to get the same fucking product line. But you that you're not. There's, you can spin it as much as you want. The proof is in the fucking pudding. Just see it, yeah? See how well it's working for you. Something that's failed has a huge advertisement campaign. It does. It's sort of like Budweiser in America, a terrible fucking beer. All they do is change like oh, this three spouts or they make it look like a different can because they never, sell, they never change the product. It sucked ever since it came out and it still sucks probably. Yeah, it's the same with this thing. It's the exact same thing. It just advertises, does this, all this shit. It's like puts lipstick on a pig, tries to paint legs on a snake, 
but all you get is a pig and a snake. Yeah. What's, who's, what's going to happen? There's a demand on us, and the demand isn't difficult. The demand is to see. And that's our nature. We are of awareness. We are of awareness. That's what this message on these days is. We're calling for us to recognize that unsuspected inner resource. Yeah? You have the eyes to see what you're not. Once you catch it, it's like the emperor with no clothes. It's truly, truly. As long as you keep calling it you, it's got the run of the fucking castle. It's got the run of the kingdom. Yeah? Could you imagine believing that resentments have just been attacking you for 30 years and not to be able to see your role in it? Give me a fucking break. There isn't a fucking species called resentment. They're not hiding behind bushes and they come out more when it's hot. There's, there's, no, there's no animal called resentment. There's no animal called fear. It's us. Our facilities manufacturing all this. We can make shit out of nothing. Haven't you noticed? All that power under the wrong hands is dangerous. We know that. We've lived it. We've gone into exquisite states of suffering incomprehensible demoralization, pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. Yeah, we've seen what it can do. We've got to recognize it as some foreign agent. If you keep calling it you and try to rehabilitate it and make it civilized, you're fucking enslaved. It's sort of like, I'm doing great, but I hear this rattling. Yeah, it's the fucking chain behind you. You're doing great with a, lim a severe limitation on the greatness. And if you, if you fucking pull on that link, it will pull back. You'll be fucked like that. There's no freedom in the bondage of self. It's freedom from the bondage of self. What, where does, where does most of our suffering come from? Isn't it, doesn't it come from what's not happening? Yeah. Isn't it brought about by worrying about something that happened or something that's going to happen? Yeah. And unbeknownst to us, that's the playground of the lowest, of the lower God. It makes shit up out of what's not happening. It puts us into an extreme terror with no apparent threat. It's unbelievable. Because, and it's not powerful. We're powerful. It's using our power. It doesn't have any power. It's a parasitical movement. The parasite cannot fulfill its agenda. It needs a host to fulfill its agenda. It has to take over the host to fulfill the parasite's agenda. 
because the parasite no, has no power in and of itself. It can't fucking do it, but we can. When it convinces us, then we can do it. That's the power that we are. The only way we put up with it is because we don't have an entertain the possibility we can be free from it. Well, here you go. You've been served the spiritual subpoena. And you're going to be called to court. And you're going to be forgiven for all that you thought you did because you were driven to do the shit that you did under the influence. Something used you for transportation. Yeah. Who's the last one that gets forgiven? You. Yeah. You're held in contempt of court. You're held. You're just living out a sentence, really. You've been convicted a long time ago. As self, by self, for self, through self. Yeah. You can't get out of a failed system. You're not going to escape as the system. Self can't get out of self. Be clear about that. Self can't get out of self. I don't care if the self is called Tony or Kurt or Paul or Kaiser or Michael. It has nothing to do with the emblems on the car. It has to do with the car. The car can't get out of the car. Self can't get out of self. How many miles have you logged trying to do exactly that? And where are you? Has it ever fucking worked? No. Yeah. It's, it wasn't because you failed. It's failed. It's a failed system. You're not going to transcend it by the system. It's impossible. So, yeah. If you don't see through it, you better get a lot of skillful means to deal with it because it's a messy fucking uh, master. It is. It's whimsical. It's actually cruel and vindictive. And it, won't, and it will treat you very harshly. It will. And you may end up being right, but you'll be fucking alone. You'll be separated and living with it. You'll be inside its cocoon. Yeah. And there is a better way. There is a possibility. Yeah. The program of AA will allow you to be subdued enough to live free from its obvious effects a day at a time. And hopefully take the opportunity to get to its exact natures. Yeah. And to see the causes and conditions because that's what part of the re relief of alcoholism is, is to give you an opportunity without having so much catastrophe and calamity to look at what's really going on so that we can recover from it. Yeah. Not just manage it, recover from it. So there you go. Thanks so much, Paul. Yes, thanks very much, mate. That was great, Jim. Um, just before we go on, I just wanted to um, just mention Paul's new website at zenbitchslap.com. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, fantastic. Um, it's like I said, it was um, made by Dimitri there, and also the artwork, which is stunning, is by Julie uh, Rumbarja, um, which is it's absolutely stunning. So I just I really recommend everyone go there and have a look at some of the stuff that's on there because it is it's a beauty it's a beautiful website I must say. And um, and Julie's obviously and there's the books on there under arrest and 
on, on having never left. And I think that was uh, with, with Julie as well. Julie Rumbarger was there as well. So I really recommend you go and give it a plug, go and uh, give it a go. So next question is with our mate, James. James, how are you? Oh, I'm doing real good. Um, I figured I might have outlived my probation by now, so I, <laughs> I could ask another question. <laughs> and whatever it was, um, I became so sort of overstimulated by some of the other stuff that was being shared. I can't absolutely not remember what it was. But I sure do appreciate being reminded of the uh, not waking up the big dog. I remember when the um, first time I encountered that expression that it's not over till the gorilla says it's over. Um, I didn't quite get it, but after about 10 years of being jumped on by the gorilla, <laughs> I, uh, I, I got it, you know, and, um, and I definitely, uh, but uh, the, I, I heard, I just wanted to share something I heard uh, last night at a beginner's meeting. And I just appreciated uh, these meetings that Paul has because I had ears to hear what she was saying. And she said, and I hope I quote this right, I'm not my thoughts, I'm just the asshole that listened to them. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I've, I get it. Uh, that's what I've been doing and believing them and all that other stuff. And you know, until this message, which took a while to sink into, it really did. But uh, today I don't experience incomprehensible demoralization. I do experience um, like moderate demoralization or comprehensible demoralization from time to time. And I realize, you know, today that that's just my thinking. And if I'm experiencing that, then I'm just the idiot who's believing the thinking and listening to it again. So anyway, I'm just forever grateful for this, this forum. And uh, Paul stole my thunder. I was going to compliment your website and how beautiful it is. It really is. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yeah, they did, they did a great job. Yeah. I had nothing to do with it. So that's so. Well, James, I know I want to just say something. You're not that asshole that listens to it either. Mm. See, this, is the, <laughs> this is the thief policeman thing the thief or the thoughts who had those thoughts and then the asshole that listened to them should have known better, which is the policeman. You're neither of them. That self can't get out of self. Yeah. See there is, it isn't just get out of self. The statement is self can't get out of sale. There's two aspects of it. If you catch one, you may not catch the other because they combine. It's the little game of thief policeman. Yeah. So there's an under, unsuspected thing going on, let's say selfing, then you recognize it, and then there's an objectification of that, but what's claiming to be the one that recognizes it is another form of self. So there's, this is the statement that's, you know, I've been involved in certain spirituality for a while, and one of the greatest statements of all time comes from the AA community, self can't get out of self. It's unbelievably super, super clear. Yeah. So, see, this is what happens. We think knowledge of self is going to lead us to get out of self. Not when it's claimed by self. And then self-knowledge avails us nothing. You don't see it. 
we believe that we've caught the thief. We don't realize it's masquerading as the policeman also. Yeah. Bill W. talked about it in step three area where it says, hey, the person in self-will will be virtuous, kind, understanding, all this. But it's the same, same. Yeah. So there's two sides of the selfing coin. And recognizing one sign isn't enough because the other sign will be thriving. The other side. Yeah. Yes. So. This is what happens. So people hear the thing selfing, yeah, this thing that we use. So they go, they hear it and it makes sense. So then they email me and they go, oh, Paul, I saw myself selfing all day. Yeah. See, that's the second appearance of selfing that they don't recognize. No, that was selfing. Yeah. The feeling of being the one that was doing it all day is selfing. That isn't you. <laughs> See? So there is a you that it's taken itself to be for a while. That gets seen through, and then it migrates to another you. Yeah? And now it says, yeah, oh, you, no, this is the real you that's seeing the false you. That's also false. You are of spirit. You're not a fucking algorithm, narration-based uh, fucking program. It's not the case. We are spirit. We're not becoming spiritual. We are of spirit. Yeah. So recognizing the one without recognizing the other will cause more fucking suffering. <laughs> That's what happens. Being ignorant of both is sort of better than knowing one. Because <laughs> That's where ignorance is bliss. When you don't know any better, fuck it, you know? But then when you recognize one, then you think you should know any, you should know better, so it gets worse. Haven't you noticed that? When I got sober, I was on probation for five years, self-probation. I didn't recognize the second aspect. So that the new, the new uh, location of selfing was, had a very tight sphincter. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, fucking, I was like walking on eggshells all day. It sucked. Yeah. And then thank God I heard something to reveal that that second aspect of selfing isn't me either. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Or we'd all be fucking with a rigid spiritual stick up our ass. We'd be like fundamentalists. There'd be no... There would be no flowing and flexibility. We'd be rigid, yeah, as hell. Because that's what self is like. It calcifies. It goes arthritic. That's when you see when people are yapping, yeah, and there's no life in it, yeah? Then they usually get arrested for perversion a year later, big fucking spiritual leaders. That's what happens when the second one isn't noticed, yeah? There's righteousness about the recognizing the first one. Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. Then you become the police, the self-police, but that's also selfing. Yeah. But first, at least we got to see the first, which is the AA way. How do you start seeing it? Hey, you know, see your role in things because that was self's role in things. 
is what you called your role in things. So we do an inventory on it to recognize that, yeah? To recognize how self has defeated us by its manifestations. Do an inventory, it will be revealed. And, it, and you'll see what selfing is taken to be important because its manifestations will be around that topic, yeah? And just like for me, when I came in AA, they told me, you've got to be willing to save your ass instead of your face. But I thought my face was my ass. Yeah. There's a lot of pride when you're a heroin junkie or a cocaine junkie. A cocaine junkie, the pride is I don't tweak out. Yeah. I don't look underneath the doorway or through the shades, you know. So in that little count, that little culture, I was well respected as a cocaine addict. Same shit's happening. <laughs> so it's willing to let the one be seen. It's the second one where the bondage continues. There isn't one or two, but I have to use it to try to express something. Yeah. So she saw it. Yeah, these thoughts are in mine, but I'm the stupid asshole that's listening to them. She got caught by the second net. That's all. She didn't, but the second net had her. Yeah. So you're looking at a fish going, oh, oh, but you're, you're another fish in the same fucking net. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just share it, James. Good on you. See, I got, I, there was a stopping for years after the first sense of self was recognized. But there was a lot of bondage still going on. Something, something more needed to be revealed than it was. Yeah. So now, I don't care what side of the coin I find. If it's heads, it always says there's a tail. If if the, if I recognize a tail, there's always the heads, yeah. So the whole coin you don't buy. That's the beauty of it. That's where things stabilize, yeah. That's where your ability to enjoy peace of mind is readily available. That's where I. That's where serenity and peace is understood. Yes. Yeah. That's why when you see manifestations of the problem, you see it, you see the exact wrong of the problem. You see its nature. It's two-faced, yeah? It's all it is, it's two-faced. It's duality in a way. I don't want to get into it, but it's what we talk about on Wednesday and Saturday. The negation of the idea of everything that we think is one is actually two, yeah? I'm thinking I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate thing. I'm not. Yeah? <clears throat> I'm a narrative of subject-object all day. Sometimes I'm that which is being thought about, so I'm, I'm held as an object. Sometimes I'm feeling like I'm the thinker, so I'm the subject. All day. All day, we're a mishmash of two, thinking it's one. This is the main illusion. Oh, this is me. No, it ain't. It's not you. Look into it. Yeah. 
It's a you and me and a me and a you playing. Yeah. Policeman and thief all day. But first things first, you have to have a life of sobriety if you have an unruly action figure. You do. Yeah, you need some way of life. You don't need a philosophy. You need a way of life that will support philosophies. But the way of life is the life of recovery. Sound, North Star, principles, yes? Suggestions that have turned into habits. You have an insurance policy. I don't think about going to meetings. I think about which one, yeah? The problem has been subdued to the level it needed to be subdued. Move on to the next possibility, yes? <laughs> there are others, yeah. I mean, really, it, this, your being chilled out is affording you a possibility, yeah, for other views, for other revelations, yeah? It's not, yes, it's allowing possibilities that wouldn't be allowed if you were fucking sniffing around the corner trying to grub up five bucks to get that factor. It wouldn't be available. You'd be on survival mode. Now that's been chilled out, so there's other possibilities you can attend to, yeah? How about, you know, getting to the exact nature of the wrong? How about getting to causes and conditions? Why not? Grace has afforded you this opportunity. Not you, it's afforded the opportunity, yeah? Take advantage of it, or not, it doesn't matter really. You're not gonna, you can't blow anything. You're, you are of spirit, you're never gonna change that. I don't give a shit about, you lived 110 years, it doesn't matter, 110 years is nothing in infinity, you know? Give me a break, so. Yeah. All right, brothers. Nice Thank to see you. you. Cheers. Yeah. Man. Thanks. So we've got a few questions. Don't believe me. I'm just sharing. You know, I have Paul. Paul was around at 1025 this morning. Yeah. So Paul walked around, seemingly fed the, the, uh, the plants and shit like that. Then Paul sits down and that's the end of Paul for an hour and a half. Yeah. Paul's done its job. It sits on the couch, goes to the Zoom, and then that's it. It has nothing to do with Paul. The Zoom ends, yeah. Paul, Paul shows back up in a way, has no interest in what happened because it had nothing to do with Paul. And then it goes about its day, you know, hopefully seeking to go to the ocean to go swimming or boogie boarding or whatever it can pull off, yeah. And uh, there you go. And then Paul... Tomorrow doesn't do anything like this. Saturday it does it, shows up. And now basically all that happened to Paul, it's like a docile participant, yeah? You got to get the horse to the water, but then it has nothing to do with what happens after that. And Paul's been trained pretty well. <laughs> but if you think Paul has anything, you're sorely mistaken. Paul is a limited action figure with a lot of blind spots, yeah? But my inherent condition isn't based on Paul's condition. <laughs> That's clear. Where before, my inherent condition was based on Paul's condition. 
that isn't so. Never was so, never will be so. Yeah? Paul's condition is a quite minor player in the big picture. Our, our condition is the whole picture. Yeah? So let's come on. You want to play it small by thinking you're really big? Go ahead. But, I mean, you're, you're, the drop that you are doesn't make a sound in the ocean that we are. Yeah, it doesn't really. So best to be put to use, yeah? Find a purpose if you don't have a purpose. You know, whittle something or fucking paint something. It doesn't matter. It's just keeping, you know, give what the, the action figure needs things. This action figure needs a sense of belonging. The AA community gives it. Needs purpose. If it doesn't have a purpose, it sort of goes to seed. I'll do for AA what I would never do for myself. I would. Yeah. AA's brought the best out of this action figure. Brought the best out of it. Paul sure didn't. Paul didn't bring the best out of this. AA brought the best out of this. AA. The, the program of recovery brought the best out of this. The management that was named Paul didn't. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's black and white, literally. Literally. It's black and freaking white. Yeah, trusting something finite or trusting something infinite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay, so we've got two questions left. Um, first is Mike, and then Kerry. Mike, off you go, mate. Uh, hi there. Uh, thanks, Paul. Always, always good to hear. Um, I, I, in in terms of, um, I understand that there is no uh, chemical solution to a spiritual problem. Um, but there seems to be a lot of recovery at the moment, a lot of talk in recovery circles about the use of psychedelics as an aid to help the addict. And I kind of just wondered what your opinion was on maybe using psychedelics to get a complete step outside of the system um, and an, observa an observation of my true being. And if there's any merit in that, and if that is a, a, a path that you would endorse, well, not endorse, but a path that you maybe think might be useful or not. All right. Well, first of all, I don't believe there's a solution, <coughs> a spiritual problem. <clears throat> I believe it's a mental condition. So I don't believe there's a spiritual problem. <clears throat> so, and the idea of... Uh, <clears throat> All I know, to, to make a little joke, there's a lady friend of mine that does a lot of ayahuasca. And, uh, and uh, she would tell me, and she'd be doing it every week. And I was thinking, well, man, I would have loved to have had that word ceremony when I got pulled over by the police. And uh, <laughs> the influence could tell them I was on, in a ceremony. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh i've never done any of that uh i checked it out in 2000 it i got the message it wasn't for me and so uh paul was curious but paul got overrided which is cool and uh but i know a lot of people who have and to me i don't have any real opinion 
on outside stuff. I think it's, uh, there are some people I know that they had tried everything. They, so I said, what the fuck? Why not? You know, I mean, you're, all you're really trying to do is convince yourself. So maybe that will do it. Maybe if you spend money and get bitten by mosquitoes and go to a, you know, jungle in Peru, that will be more convincing than going to a meeting and, and identifying as an alcoholic. I don't know, but yeah, whatever. So I don't have any, any uh, opinion on it. Uh, concerning that, it would be individual, individual people. I mean, I've worked with some guys who uh, really, they're going in and out in a weird way, AA has become part of the problem, yes? It's, it's become part of the problem. So maybe something is needed outside of AA because they've gone in and out and they have such a history uh, and they think they know. It's, uh, see, like, to me, I was lucky. I came into AA, I never left. I never left AA. And, uh, but while I've been in AA, I've met a lot of people who are very familiar with AA and have left and have come back and have left and have come back. And there's a huge industry supporting that, that like pattern. Yeah. A lot of rehabs and a lot of sober living environments. And it's just, uh, you know, it's maybe it's just not the time to get to the exact nature of the wrong. I don't know, but, um, I don't know. So I don't have any opinion on it. Uh, and that opinion would vary based on the individual. If I feel like, Hey, they've tried everything. Nothing's worked. Go ahead. Fucking do it. Whatever. Yeah. 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 But see this selfing, the selfing, uh, survives uh, the spiritual event. Yeah, the selfing will claim to be the one that did it, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. to me, that's what our job really is, is to warn people of the movements of selfing or of the parasite so that they maybe recognize it. Because there's no topic that it's immune to. It will and it will claim whatever you and I bring it in contact with. That's what it does. Yeah. So, and it will create a person out of it or make a person out of it. And uh, you know, they'll yeah. So, and I met people very people who are very into that world of drugs, uh, hallucinogens as a spiritual endeavor. Mm. Pretty big people who do it a lot and written books and. The dilemma of the selfing is still there. Yeah. Yeah. So, whatever. I hope that helped. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Here's Mike. And um, last question of the day goes to Kerry. Kerry, over to you, mate. Thank you, David. Paul, just uh, a thought came to me, and uh, I just want to get your opinion on it. Um, if you turn your life and will over to the care of God, totally. Is it possible to make a mistake? For sure. Mistakes are sometimes the best thing. 
you learn more out of mistakes than you do out of other shit. Yeah? Sure. Yeah. And also, I would hope that mistakes would lend a little bit of humility to the all-knowing one. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> yeah. Mistakes are... You know, you can go into the real meaning of mistakes, who knows, but yeah, that's from a, po a point of view. We give it the meaning, yeah? So by where we're looking at it from, something looked like a mistake. You could look at it from another way and it's awesome. Just like what happens in recovery, the story of recovery. It happens probably other places, but I just know the story of recovery where people will share about having a like a stabilized worst thing that ever happened to them, you know, and they've been worshiping at it for years and shit like that. And then they get involved in recovery. And after about six months or a year, they realize that was the best thing that ever happened to me because it, it lent itself to bringing me to recovery. Yeah. So you have to see that there isn't any worst thing or best thing. We give it the meaning it has. Yeah. And that meaning is being directed by something that is running the show. That's what's important to find out. That's the whole spirit of the third step is to make a decision to change the managerial team. You can't do it. So then we have the working steps to allow that transfer to occur. Yeah. Because the, the, the embedded managerial team doesn't want to give up its position. So you have to do some shit. Yeah. To get it out. It's sort of like in having a, someone who doesn't want to leave office if they lose the election. Yeah. There's, there's not a smooth transition in this thing of perhaps the better way of trusting something infinite rather than finite. It's usually not a smooth transition. <laughs> That's the finite point of view keeps fucking going for it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just really the eyes to see things. Yeah. I mean, it looks like me getting run over by a car was a mistake, but really it happened, yeah? And it's brought out a lot of stuff that would never have probably been brought out of Paul unless he got run over twice by one car, you know? So, I mean, I'm not in any argument anymore. Yeah. Do you see how it, we're giving meaning to everything? Then why... and thinking we're so all-powerful, yet we're entrenched in the idea that everything's giving meaning to us that we don't like, is such a powerless position, yet we're yapping as if we have so much power. But really, the position we're playing is ridiculous. We think things outside of ourselves is giving us meaning all day, when we're, we're giving that all the meaning it has. Yeah, I mean, I can't... How do you... Why would you want to get you know, where's, where's the moment of transcending when you, everything is asked backwards in the basic uh, programming? Yeah, we don't even see that feelings have, feelings don't have meaning. They're used to, to transport meaning to us, yeah? Our reaction gives the feeling the meaning it has, yeah? I mean, that's not, oh, it's not, that wasn't just a rare phenomenon. That's what's happening all day. 
Yeah. Let's, you know, it's great to ask, ask all these questions, but let's get to the nuts and bolts of stuff. What's actually happening? Am I in a real world with real things that aren't going my way? And therefore, I have only one imperative to try to look out for my own agenda, and yet it doesn't do such a good job most of the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm in a very precarious position. And that the way I feel is based on how other people feel about me or how the day is or if I have money or this. So my whole feeling of myself is completely based on conditions that are apt to change. Yeah. What an insane place to build your house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jesus said, don't build the house on sand. It's a shaky foundation. Well, the whole way we are programmed is shaky. What's look at that. Yeah. Why bitch about something that happened 20 years ago? Let's look at the dynamics. What's allowing that to be so important for us? See it, you know? We're a living event. You can see them. You can, you're a, there's awareness. You can see the moving parts. You can, you can, this, this idea of I'm a thing. Yeah. Is masquerading a lot of fucking dualistic activity, subject, object, shit like this. Yeah. This is what's running the show. Not this. This is like a fucking emblem. Yeah. It's, it's, our reaction to what happens to this, our reaction to this, our reaction to everything. And what's causing, what's determining the reaction? Is it the, from the bondage of self or is it from what we would call in AA the higher power? You'll know the tree by its fruits. Check out the fruits in your life. Yeah. If you got a lot of fruit, then you, you can guarantee it's near the tree. So, yeah, yeah. It doesn't take much just to reflect. What's the first and second step in the, in the, I think it was in the, uh, the next book that Bill W. wrote. I, it doesn't come to mind. But he talks about the first and second step are reflective. You're reflecting on what it was like under the tyranny of alcoholism. I mean, that's what we do. And what do we come to? The conclusions they state. We, are, we obviously are powerless over shit and our lives are manageable. Now, I thought it was because of me getting, using drugs, but I quickly realized the unmanageability is my trying to manage. That's the weird thing. Yeah. Whoops. So I reflected on that. It wasn't like I never saw that coming. It was out in plain sight. I just didn't have the eyes to see it. AA gave me the eyes. And then step two is reflecting on what it's like since you've been sober. Hey, I haven't drank in eight weeks. Fuck, something's working. Something's doing for me what I can't do for myself. What is that? Not drinking for eight weeks. I mean, Jesus, it's the elephant in the room. So now I come to believe that something can do for me what I can't do for myself. That brings me right to the third step. Now I can't turn my life and will over to God because it's not in my control. So I make a decision to do it. And then I do the working steps to facilitate that decision to give it some juice. And then it does. And now I get relief from the bondage of self. <laughs>
mistakes are awesome. Yeah. We make mistakes every night here, in a way. All right, so that's it, eh? That's it. You want to say your goodbyes? I do. I do. I want to say my thanks for everyone. Because if I was doing this in my garage by myself, <laughs> my girlfriend would be pretty, the police would be here. So, David, nice. Thank you for everything, David. Thanks no for starting this whole thing off and, uh, and supporting it. I really appreciate it. No, Terry, fantastic. We got Rob, Rob, Fa, my main man, Helen, Mike Z. We got Dario, Paul, Mike. We got, uh, let's see, who else here? We got lovely Samantha from the UK. Nice to see you, Samantha. Maria, Virginia, AKA something else. Nice to see you, Virginia. Yeah. We got Walter. It's Walter. Nice to see you. I like that background. It looks like an old TV on the blink. We got James. James, notoriously known as Lebowski. <laughs> we got Barbara and Roman. Nice to see you, Barbara and Roman. We got Mac Loving 316. You should get some help, maybe, Mac. There. Hold on. We got Mike. Mike O. Thank you, Mike, for the question. Sandra, nice to see you. We got uh, Leah. Leah's in, nice and comfy. We got Johannes. We got Shady Ladies. Well, I don't want to know any more about that. Sarah, Jackie O, Cara, uh, Kaiser, Danny. Danny's somewhere outside. That looks pretty good. Kurt, we got Jim Meft, something. I need glasses. Mickey, of course. Kumar. Kumar, nice to see you. Chris, we got Michael, my main man. Tofa, we got... Amit B. India, Malcolm, Brian, nice to see you. Susanna, fantastic, my friend, my old friend. Topher, Mika, Amy, and these are all uh, anonymous people. All right, thanks so much.